to the word, Mark chapter 4 on this morning. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 35 through 41. Verses 35 through 41. Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41 in there. And for the title of our message on this morning, it, the title is Surviving Life's Storms. Surviving Life's Storms, even to the testimony. See, God knows what he's doing. So I didn't have to tell uh, uh, Sister uh, Minister Carol, you know, you need to give a testimony or some words of encouragement to, uh, to encourage somebody the, to keep their eyes on the Lord and continue to praise him and to reflect and remember how it's him and him alone that has brought you through. That's God. That is God and that's God alone. And boy, he wants to speak to us on this morning. While we are, you know, in the, the season of the holiday seasons, you know, Thanksgiving and and, and when we have Christmas coming up, you know, uh, it seems uh, to be a festive time for many, you know. And unfortunately for many, this time, uh, it takes holidays for, for people to feel festive. You know, it takes holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas for people to begin to be thankful and to be reminded of Jesus and the Savior, the Messiah, and, and, and the truth uh, is what it boils down to. It, it takes certain times. You know, but for us as believers, my friends, God is telling us that because of his presence, that we, it, it should not take the holiday season for us to feel festive. This is something that obviously from one week to, to the next and from one day to the next, that our hearts, those of us that knows the presence of the Lord, that this, the festive uh, you know, feeling should be with us on a daily basis, my friend. It ought to be with us daily, you know, in there. And so as God looks to encourage us, you know, and I think this encouragement right now is, is just, it goes with the testimony. It's not even one to, to, uh, to, to try to remind us of uh, so much, but it's more from the place of, uh, of uh, impartation. It's more for uh, an awareness to, to bring back to our remembrance you know, uh, that which is already on the inside of us as believers. So as we look at the text, here we see the story of, uh, that we're all familiar with, and we're looking at it from Mark's account of Jesus, you know, uh, with the disciples as they endure a storm. On the same day, this is verse 35, when evening had come, he said to them, that's Jesus, let us, go, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And uh, little boats and other little boats also were with him. 
And here's where we really want to pick up at verse 37. It says, and a great windstorm arose and the waves beat unto the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern asleep on a pillow and they awoke him and said to him, that's Jesus, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and they were, there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And their fear, and excuse me, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? For this text is one that we heard so many uh, times. I'm sure we're familiar with it. It may be in many different ways. But truly the key that God wants to speak to us maybe is from where he knows that he's brought each and every one of us. And that was in, 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 this, in alignment to where he wants to take us. My friends, because as the title of the message is Surviving Life Storms, uh, let us understand this. The storm on the Sea of Galilee serves as a metaphor to remind us that no one is exempt from life storms. Just because uh, he or she or because you follow Jesus, you are not exempt from life storms. As it was true for the disciples, we see in the story here that the tempest burst upon the people, upon his people uh, uh, in their lives, even when uh, several things were happening, even one that while they were close to him. Life storms came upon the disciples, even though they were close to him. Even though they were not doing anything wrong. And matter of fact, they, at this point, they may have been doing everything right. Even though it don't, they had no sin that was separating them from him. See, because see, when life storms come, many uh, the first thing that, that we'll begin to look at if we ain't careful is, is how far are we away from him. We'll begin to, uh, to, to look at uh, what is we doing wrong, you know, what's uh, in our lives. And even to the point that we'll begin to look specifically now, even digging deeper to try to figure out what sin is we doing that may separate us from him. See, none of these were the case, my friends, because actually here as the life storms, and this wasn't just some simple life storm, you know, because it says in verse 41, and they feared exceedingly. They were a big time afraid in there. So this here was, was no little storm. This was a major storm, my friend. And then fourthly, the thing about it is that, wow, if we ain't careful, we can begin to look to see, yo, are we not in the will of God? See, all of these things are questions that we'll begin to ask when life storms can come upon us. <clears throat> but God is saying to us and he needs us to know today. So see, this is, see, this is why the message is an impartation because he needs you to know something. 
that when life storms come up, he don't need you to, you know, for those of us that are believers and in, in as we are, are seeking to align ourselves and follow him in there, there's no reason for us to be looking at, uh, you know, what sin we doing that's separating us. There's no need for us to be questioning our walk because if we are following him, then we walking after him, my friends. That is nothing more than a trick of the enemy and it is the first base in, in the basis of the foundation for deception, for how he can draw us out and how he can turn the truth uh, uh, into a lie, into deception. See, he wants to cast doubt in each and every one of us. When life storms come, he will, you know, whether he, so the first thing he wants to, to do is to, is all to steal our faith. So when, when in, in, in the beginning of him still in our faith is, is for us to begin to question our walk. We ought to be walking in such a way, my friends, as dear, uh, as children of the Most High God, that the enemy cannot question our walk. So look at this, uh, see this, see this right now. It says, it says so uh, rough weather should never Surprise us. So storms in life should never be a surprise to us as, as the word of God says in 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 and 13 it says, Beloved, do not think it strange considering concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened to you. But, but do what? But, but rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's suffering, my friend. That when his, his glory uh, is revealed, come on somebody, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Hallelujah. See, we ought not to be surprised when the storms of life comes, my friend. In fact, Scripture says that the storms must come our way if we want to uh, live a godly life. See, in fact, the, the, the Scripture says that the, uh, the storms must come our way if we, if, if we desire to live a godly life. And we see that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12. Come on, somebody. When, the, when Paul was writing to, to Timothy and he told him that all that desire to live godly must suffer persecution. See, these things must happen in our lives, my friends. So therefore, we ought not to think it strange or, 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 or be surprised by no means. See, when Jesus and the disciples shoved off from the shore that, 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 uh, that day, Jesus himself, he knew the storm was coming. Yet he did not prevent it. Think about it. See, when they pulled off from that shore, as a matter of fact, who was the one that suggested that we go to the other side? It was Jesus that says, come, let us cross over to the other side. We see that in verse 35. Hallelujah. In there. But he did not prevent it. Why? I would render to say first he, he knew he would be with them through it. See, the first thing I would render to say of, as to why he did not 
prevent the storm is because he knew that he would be with them through it. It's just time for us, it's high time for us to know that when the storms of life come our way and when Jesus don't prevent it, my friend, it's because he knows that he is with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. And it's high time that we begin to, to not just sing the song, but know in the depths of our heart, Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. And see, because when you know that the Lord is with you, my friend, it changes everything. I ain't talking about when you hope the Lord is with you. When you think the Lord may be with you. But when you know that the Lord is with you, it changes everything. It's just interesting because, you know, the thing about it is when he when they said to him, do you not care that we are perishing? It kind of speaks to the same thing. See, they didn't understand Emmanuel just yet, apparently. And see, we have, uh, man, we, we have an advantage upon advantage because we have the scripture that has already been fulfilled. They were uh, living the scripture that was being fulfilled. And so, yes, it, it's no surprise that they may have had the question, do you not care that we are perishing? But for each and every one of us, we have to understand that our safety in Christ, our safety, however, is not the absence of trouble. See, because some of us think that, that our safety in Christ is a, a life free of storms. I mean, come on now. I know that would be nice. And then in, in some of us, uh, I mean, and sometimes, you know, you hear and we even led to believe that now that you are a child of God, that that's exactly what's going to happen, that you are in the safe place. You are in the secret place. Safe and secure from all alarms. All harm. And while that is true, what, uh, see, that's why I say it's led to believe. See, we are led to believe that in that secret place that we are safe and secure from all. And while that is true, my friend, the safety and the security is not because of the absence of storms. The safety and the security is not because of the absence of storms. Somebody hear me. The safe and secure is because of the presence of Jesus. Hallelujah. You ought to be jumping out of your seat right there, my friends. See, our safety ain't because we are, 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 are not going to go through something. It's because our safety is, the, us, is us knowing that when we go through something, that he is with us. See, and this is what the disciples had to come to an understanding that while they were on that boat and the storm came, that it was Jesus that was with them. Glory be to God. In there, and, and see, when we understand that Jesus is with us, man, it changes everything. 
See, there's a second reason why he didn't prevent the storm. And the second reason is he knew that a life without turmoil has no meaning. See, Jesus himself, he knew that a life without some challenges is a life that is taking him for granted. It's a life that has no meaning. It's a life that has no real joy. Because if you ain't been through nothing, then how do you know what joy is, my friend? If you ain't suffered something, then how do you know what joy is? He also knew that it, that it would not produce real faith. Yes. See, sometimes, yo, and, 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 and this is for them, but yo, for us, yo, I don't know, and you've heard me say this many times before, I don't know how much uh, storms that God has to allow to happen in our lives that we may be able to, 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 do, to, to, to do just like some of the things that he's saying, that we may know what real joy is, that we may be able to know what real faith is and to experience that. Because, and the reason why I don't know how much God has to allow to happen in our lives, because for, for most of us, we do enough. We do enough of our own thing that opens the door and says, Storm, come on in. I know I did. See, and that goes to what, we, what, what God was ministering to us early on today. See, because when you're in control of your life, then you open the doors to, 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 to all kinds of things. And then, so we, and then we don't have to blame them things on God. So here again, for us in this modern day time, yeah, for them maybe, but for us, we do so. We open the door for so many things. How much is it that, that God even have an opportunity to allow us or to send forth a storm that we may grow, thereby grow? Come on, somebody. See, Jesus knew first and foremost that he would be with them. And secondly, he knew that, that without some turmoil, that it would not, it, their life really didn't have a whole lot of real meaning, nor real joy, or nor real faith. We see the psalmist in, in Psalm 119, glory be to God. And, it's, and here again, there's a separation because I can see where the psalmist was coming from in, in the fact that, uh, that, that the Lord, that he knew that the that some of his afflictions was directly a result of God's uh, alignment that God allowed him in Psalms 119 verse 67 it says before I was afflicted I went astray but now I keep your word see some of us before we were afflicted we we, we went astray see something you know in there see the psalmist understood that he so he understood that the turmoil that some of the turmoil that came in his life that God needed to send it to him that it may straighten him out that he may begin to keep his word. Is that you or me today, my friend? Do, you know, my mama used to say, if the shoe fit, wear it. Does that shoe fit some of us? In verse 71 of the same Psalms, 119, I'm sorry, it says, it is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I may learn your statutes. See, which one of us are we mature enough 
See, because it takes real maturity, my friend, to be able to say it is good for me that I was afflicted. See, because uh, it, it takes real maturity because it takes a person understanding that if God if, had not allowed this affliction in my life, would I, it, it takes a real truth. You have to be true to yourself. Would I, uh, would I have I listened to him? Would I had aligned myself? See, the psalmist knew and was being true to himself, that it took the affliction. See, some of us, we, we ain't at that place that we want, that we willing to even be truthful to our own self. See, and there's many, I ain't even talking about the world, but I'm talking about the body of Christ. There are many people that, uh, you know, blame God for afflictions and call themselves even to the point of being mad at God. I've heard them words. Because of what? Of afflictions, because of storms, because of turmoil in someone's life. When God allowed it for you to have some real faith, my friends, when he allowed it for you to, to know that the presence of his son was actually with you, he allowed it to wake you up, my friend. And many have received it and the affliction instead of seeing what God was doing. They turned their mindset and their heart set against God, saying that I am angry with God. See, even for me to hear the words come out of a person's mouth that I'm angry with God, it makes everything, every part of my body begins to cringe. Because do you really understand, and some of us may have said that before, but do you understand what one is saying when he says that he's angry with God? Or I'm mad at God. You're talking about, first and foremost, the creator of all things. You're talking about uh, the beginning and the end. We're talking about the alpha and the maker. You're talking about that which can deliver you and that which can destroy you. You're talking about that one that has all power in his hand. And for us to have the audacity to say that we mad at the one that holds all power in his hands, you have to be foolish. I mean, even the natural man knows better than that because the natural man uh, knows better uh, even if he is angry with the, the big boss. He ain't finna say it in front of his face or where he can hear it. He may whisper it to his co-worker or to, or, or to a relative at home, but he's not fitting to say it out that, that, the, that, the, one, that the, the one that holds his job, his paycheck, in his hands. And for us to say that we're mad at God, yes, he can hear it. Are you kidding me? See, you can see that that ain't even a thought that could come inside of your heart because he could hear that as well. So you can see how foolish it is. And it's crazy that we, can, we would do things. This is what God was saying even on last week. How we could worry about, how we could believe God that he can take us and save us for eternity. But then we can't believe in, in him to, to pay our rent. 
that we somehow believe that he can raise us from the dead and give us a new body and, and take us into uh, what we call eternity where we will live forever. But he, that same God, is not able to provide for my needs from one week to the next. It would be the same thing that for us, to, to the thought of us being angry with the creator of all things, even the natural man knows better than that. So see this, in all of our life storms, we must remember that Jesus is in the boat, my friends, with us. He is present, number one. See, Jesus ain't just with you, but his presence means everything. He's in control, number two. Number three, nothing surprises him. Number four, he has not forgotten about you in your storm or your plight or your situation. We got to know this. Do you know that Jesus is present with you as a born-again believer? Do we remember and understand that he is in control? Do we know and understand and believe that nothing surprises him even? And above all things, do you understand that he will and have not forgotten about you? See, some of us may not remember that because we know that we've, there's times along the journey of our life that we have forgotten about him. And see, when we, when we you, you know, it's real easy for us in this flesh that, that what, what we do is easy for us to think that somebody else is capable of the same thing. I'm going to say that again. Because see, when, you, when a person uh, don't trust you, it's because they don't trust themselves. When the person thinks that you are a liar in your relationship because they know how many times they didn't lied. And this is real, my friends. And for many of us, because we know that we, that, that as on our journey, how many and how often we've forgotten about the Lord. We didn't got sidetracked because we got a raise. We got sidetracked because we got a new house. We got sidetracked because we hit the lottery. We got sidetracked because we got a new friend. And boy, how easy. When that happens, the first, the, the, uh, the first step on sidetrack is that we forget about the Lord. And because we know that, then when the storms of life come, we begin to wonder, uh, and the enemy is right there to, 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 to cast that thought. Did Jesus, see, he forgot about you. He wouldn't be letting you go through this. He began to lie about, uh, and he'll even use part of the scripture to lie to you, my friend. He did to Jesus to tempt him.
But we have to know the whole. We have to know the whole. All the scripture. That, that, and that's what Jesus, so Jesus was able to speak back to him the scripture. Not in part, but in full, my friends. And we must be able to do the same, my friends. And if we know these things, we can trust that he will bring peace into every situation. See, when we know that he is in control, when we know that he is not surprised by our circumstances, when we know that he has not forgotten about us, then guess what, my friends? Then and only then can we trust that he will bring pre peace to our situation. Yeah. See, in John chapter 14, go there with me real quick. John chapter 14, verse 27. <clears throat> Here we see Jesus, and this was the day or the hours before he was arrested and, and, and to be brought before the course and to be crucified, ultimately. He was spending some time with his disciples and he encouraged them with many things. In John chapter 14, verse 27, one of the things that he told them, he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it, do I give it to you. So he says, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid, my friend. See, Jesus knew and he promised peace. And when we understand that he is in control, when we understand that he's not surprised, when we understand that he has not forgotten uh, about our, uh, us in this situation, then we can trust that he will bring forth peace in our circumstances. He also said in, in John 14, chapter 16, flip your page, maybe one page over. In verse 33, he says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me you may have peace. He says, because in the world you will, somebody say you will, have tribulations. See, Jesus didn't lie to us. He told us the truth. Man will lie to you about Jesus. Come unto Jesus and all your trouble will go away. That's not what Jesus said. He said, when you come unto me, know this, I will give you peace and be, do not be afraid because you will have tribulation, my friends. But if you look just even a little bit further, what else did he say? But be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. But be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. The, the, the prince of peace have overcome the world. The one that can deliver you and give you the peace that passes all understanding have overcome the world so we don't have to be tossed to and fro by the tribulation. We can know that the tribulation is coming, but we don't have to be thrown off course because it's coming. Why? Because the presence of, the, of God is with us. Hallelujah. Emmanuel, that's why. Glory be to God. And why can we 
have so much confidence in this Emmanuel? Because victory belongs to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And for that reason, when you know it, then yes, we can sing the final song. More than anything. I love you more than anything. See, this is why we love Jesus, because he first loved us. See, it takes you knowing that God loved us. And because he first loved us, when you know that God loved you, there's only one response, my friend. And that is to love him back more than anything. More than anything. More than anything. In this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, for he has overcome the world. Understand this as we get ready to go to a close. See, when Jesus spoke to the storm and he says, peace, be still, it literally meant muzzled. It's like he muzzled the storm. And if you know anything about storms, especially during this day, because the, the Sea of Galilee was, was surrounded by mountains. And when the storms uh, came upon the Sea of Galilee, and it's true even today, even without the mountains, that when the storms come, that uh, I'm talking about a literal storm, and it works up the water in the sea or the lake. And even when the storm stops, it takes a while. Somebody say a while. For the, the, the waters of the waves to calm down, my friend. But when you are talking about the, the, uh, the creator of all things, when you are talking about Emmanuel, God with us, when you are talking about Jesus, when he speaks to the storm in your life, my friends, it don't have to go through the natural progression of calming down. It can be still right here, right now. Glory be to God. See, and some of us, this got to bear witness. See, for each and every one of us have experienced this for at some point in our lives. The thing about it is, will you remember what you've experienced and will you hold on to the truth of the experience? And matter of fact, some of us, Deke gave the testimony uh, this morning. And while you may be out of the storm right now, my friends, and some of us may be out, some of us may be in, the truth of the matter is, my friends, the presence of God is all that matters. And we need to understand that, that it ain't about the calm of the storm or about the fullness of it. It's about the presence of God. So we got to get our eyes off the calm. We got to get our eyes off the storm. And we got to get our eyes solely on the presence of Emmanuel. The Lord is with us. Because as easy as you may be out today, you could be back in tomorrow. And if your eyes is on the peace of the storm and not on the Prince of Peace, you're going to have a problem when you come back into the storm. But, Ben, understand this. With the eyes on the Prince of Peace and not on the circumstances, it doesn't matter what the surroundings are, my friends. 
And this is the trick that the enemy has used against us to bring us up and to bring us down, to lift us up and bring us down, to toss us to and fro. And God is imparting to each and every one of us the truth that will sustain us in this hour. Jesus did not count, discount the danger the disciples were in and was facing. He rebuked them for their doubt in his ability to save them. After he rebuked them, they feared, they feared even the more. Look at that. After he rebuked them, they feared even more than before, realizing that Jesus was far more powerful than the sea. Mark, what he does is he point, his point is, is that Jesus should be the model of the object of believing faith for every Christian. See, Mark's point here is that Jesus, somebody say Jesus, should be the object. See, this is where our eyes should be on the Prince of Peace. And the surroundings don't matter. Because the surroundings will understand what 2 Timothy chapter uh, 12, I mean 3 and 12 says. Those who desire to live godly, that's you and me, that we're going to go through some persecution. So we don't have to worry about the storms, the afflictions. We don't have to worry about the highs of the peacetime. Because either way, our eyes have stayed upon him. And don't just use this word as a word of encouragement, my friend. Use it as a tool to change your life. Because that's what has happened so many times and so often that we hear the word of God. And yes, it bears witness, but we'll use it as an encouragement and we'll continue in the way that we live. No, we need this word to change our life. It has to take residence that it, a transformation takes place. That we begin to use it. But what is sent out for, my friend? And if you understand what he said from the beginning, that to survive life storms, then it only it takes one thing and one thing only, and that is to know that Jesus is with you. That Jesus is with you. And in knowing that he's with you, we know that he's in control. We know that he has overcome the world. We know that in him overcoming the world, that victory belongs to Jesus. And the part that I love the most with this understanding, the part that, that it, whether it just boils down to, that I'm talking about that really encourages me and I would pray and hope that it encourages you the same, is that with, with this understanding, with us knowing the truth, that he has overcome the world, that he is present with us, and that victory belongs to him. See, there's a part of that song then that says that forever we win. See, forever we win. See, I don't know about you, but I played basketball in, in, in high school, football, and in, in, in basketball in college, and I ain't like to lose. 
So now that I'm on a team that I know, it means everything to me that forever we win. I don't have to worry about going into the game, Rick, and that we might possibly have a chance to lose. We, we, forever we win. Forever we win. And somebody needs to know that today, my friend, that as the presence of Jesus is with you, it doesn't matter what storms of life you go through. Forever you win, my friend. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's give God some praise in this place. Forever we win. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Thank you, Lord. Let us look to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. For you, Lord God, are almighty. And because of who you are and your orchestration of our lives, Lord God, as we place our lives in your hand, Lord God, it always lands us safely at your destination that you intended, Lord God. So we thank you right now in advance, Lord God. So no matter where about, no matter what boat we own, no matter what storms may come, Lord God, we know that we will land safely at the intended destination, Lord. So we thank you right now. Lord God, I pray over these, your people, Lord God, as you have spoken to our heart, Lord God, because some of us, Lord God, uh, all of us, have been through many things. Some of us may be in peacetime right now. Some of us may be in turmoil or, 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 or in the middle of the raging storm. But Lord, as your word has spoken to us that it doesn't matter which place we're in today. What matters is that we turn and put our eyes on the Prince of Peace. Because surely as we may be in peace time today, we will be in storm time tomorrow. As surely we may, as we may be in storm time today, we will be in peace time uh, tomorrow, Lord God. So it doesn't matter because we're going to continue to touch both places as long as we have blood running warm in our veins. You've told us that. We don't have to deny that or even trick ourselves. But Lord, what we have to do in order to build our faith and our trust in you, Lord God, is to know from whence cometh our help. And our help comes from the Lord. So right now, Lord God, as you touch our hearts, change our minds, Lord God. Transform us in such a way, Lord God, that we will never be the same. Lord God, I pray that, that someone is encouraged today, Lord God, by your blessed truth. And that we'll take hold of or your truth, Lord God, that will lead us and guide us along the rest of our journey, Lord God, and the rest of our stay here, to know that we have victory in your son Jesus and to know that forever we win. So it don't matter that we down by 50 points in the fourth quarter. We know the outcome of the game. We win. 
So we know that at some point we coming back and we finna score 51 points to their zero points and win the game even by one point. Because forever we win. So we thank you right now, Lord God. I pray as your spirit touch and move upon the hearts of your people, Lord God. Let us not deny. Let us not stay in the place of self. But let us open our hearts unto you, Lord God. In the mighty name of Jesus. And all the saints of God say amen. Amen, amen and amen. If you are here today 